very, very dear friends of Kath and I, whom we have known for many years. You can tell by the color of our hair. <laughs> we go back together many, many years, 46 years, Jim said to me just now. I'll tell you really quickly, the night that Matt was born, 1979, in March of 1979, Jim and Pat and I and Kath were supposed to go out to dinner in Santa Barbara. We were living in Santa Barbara. And we were supposed to go to this steakhouse for dinner that we loved. Kath wasn't feeling well that day. Said, you know what, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay back. Pat stayed with her, obviously. And Jim and I went. And we were sitting out eating a big old steak. And I got a, I don't remember how that happens. I think they called the restaurant then. They didn't, we didn't have cell phones. Called the restaurant and said, your wife, if, are, are you Rick Martinez? Yes, your wife's on the phone. She was in labor. So we finished our steaks. No, we <laughs> 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 I don't remember, honestly, and rushed home, and uh, Jim and Pat actually stayed that night with Kara, who was about two years old, in our home while we went, and Matt was born um, early in the morning, um, the following morning. Um, Jim, I went with Jim to Israel in uh, 2016. It's been five years already. That's when we met uh, Zubeda, the, the widow, Syrian widow, whom we are, have been... Um, supporting her and her family since 2016. Um, Jim, every year, and he goes multiple times to Israel, he had, he's the director of American European Bethel Mission, which is a, a ministry that is really global. Uh, they go primarily, he goes into Israel. They have a hostel in, in Haifa, Israel, where they minister to, to uh, men who are um, in, enslaved in various ways, perhaps, it's also a discipleship house, and it is just a hostel for people that are traveling. It's a beautiful, beautiful place in, in Haifa. He also has a ministry that he has birthed in Cologne in Germany. It is a, a evangelism. It's worship. It's a group of young people who are talented musicians who minister to thousands of young people in large gatherings of worship. Jim will preach in those, and I've been in those, and, and hundreds of kids will get saved. Uh, he's just doing, he probably has more air miles than anyone I've ever known. Uh, he does a yeoman's job in, in ministry. Um, and he and Pat are very, very dear friends. And, and Jim is here today to tell us about his ministry. Would you welcome Jim and Pat? Would you stand, please? And let's just, just honor them. Father, I thank you for my brother. I thank you, Lord, for, for his life. I thank you, Father, for the man of God that he is. I thank you for his faithfulness and obedience. And, Lord, how he will continue to pour himself out again and again and again and again in whatever way you ask of him, the price that he has paid to serve you. Thank you that he's with us. Bless him. Give him boldness and just the ability to communicate what you put in his heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're passing out these little Hollywood crosses. I like to take them to congregations that uh, I speak at, and it just might give you a thought about Israel, or it might give you a thought about prayer, or it might give you a thought about some of the things that you're talking about today. But I love these little crosses. I, I now I have a place where I buy them by the thousands, you know, because I've just gotten so many wonderful responses from people around the country. Well, good morning. I'm so delighted to be here again. It's been such a long time. You know, as Rick was saying today, my average air miles is 150 to 200,000 a year. So the last year has kind of made me a little crazy. But, but my wife is still with me. 
So this is a good sign. It's been really interesting. It's been a great reset, you know, just being able to figure out how to do ministry and be purposeful in the different areas. I mean, most of my job, I travel four to six months of the year, and, and I've been home, so I've been trying to figure out how to do things. I've cleaned out my office three times, <laughs> first three times in 20 years. So it's been an interesting year, and, but I'm glad that the Lord has given us so many opportunities to minister, even in spite of the things that are going on in our world today. It's impossible for me today to say thank you, and how would we, would we say thank you for your love for us, your prayers for us, and your support for our ministries. Our entire team would have me say to you today that they're humbly grateful that you care about us, and you care especially, I mean, if you would know, and you'll see a little clip that Matt has for you today, if you would know what you've done with this family in, um, in um, Amman, um, you would just not believe it because I think what's happening with this family, and I think Jamal needs to talk to you more about that, it's peppering out. You know, that's kind of what discipleship does. It peppers out. It has to kind of pepper out. The reason I stand here today is because God used Rick and Kath to bring me to the Lord. <clears throat> that's so humbling when you think about it. You know, God is going to use us. You know, I mean, what would my life be had that not happened? I shudder to think. Today I felt that I want to share a little bit with you from Matthew 28, the last few verses. You know, because missions has been on my heart. It's been on, if you knew, if I gave you my life story, I think it's been on my heart forever. And it's, it's I just care about missions. I care about people. And I think it has a lot to do with, our, with my life. Unfortunately, it took too many years for me to find out that this is what I was supposed to be doing, but the Lord waited for me. Thank you, Lord. But basically, for me, when I was, I was born in Europe after the war, I lived in Europe for 10 years. We traveled all over Europe. We came to America. That didn't work well. We moved to Australia. I mean, I've traveled in 93 countries in my life. And so basically what happened to me, and I can say that today, is that ethnicity has no issue with me. You know, I mean, I never realized the whole black-white matter my whole life until I was an adult. It just, it's just not an issue. When I was in Vietnam, my best friends were black people. I, they were great soldiers. I just liked them. So I've never had that problem. And what's happened with that is that it's basically opened doors for me. It's opened doors that I just wouldn't other be open. I'm comfortable being in Jordan with the King's family. I'm comfortable being in Germany with the Germans. And it's really interesting, because I was talking to a doctor about this recently. My ethnicity or my heritage and my family is Slavic on both sides to Germany, or Danzig, where my, my mother came from, my father to America, and very, you know, all both connected to Israel. And you know, it's what's really interesting, when I'm in Germany, I'm, I feel like I'm home. When I'm in Israel, I feel like I'm home. Rick's been there with me. He, I just, I feel like I belong there. That's where I always belonged. And it's an interesting thing. I think it probably has to do with the generations on both sides of our family that grew up like that. So God has given me the opportunity to open doors that would never, ever be opened before. Rick and I are going to be doing an outreach in, in Jordan when the Lord opens a door for us to be there. And in this outreach in Jordan, even the Billy Graham crusade couldn't get in there. So they gave us the money to fund the entire trip and the outreach. And if we are successful in that outreach, as we were in the first one that I did a few years ago, 
they will continue to basically partner with us so that we can do more and more outreach in Germany, I mean in Jordan. So I, I find myself in, in an incredible place after in my life that I can basically be involved with this and then hopefully open the doors in, in many more areas. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more in the mor in this morning and what's going on in the Middle East. But in uh, Matthew 28, we read, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I think what's important to me today as I talk to you about what's going on with us in the Middle East is the greatest thing close to my heart is about making disciples. Um, it's just so important, and I think it's so important today, and especially today. The command is to make disciples, not merely converts, not mainly people that are supporters of a cause. The idea behind disciples is everybody, professors, pupils, students. It applies to all people in the world. All believers need to be disciples. Make disciples reminds us that disciples are made. Disciples aren't just spontaneously created a conversion, and it just happens. It just doesn't happen. They are the product of a process that believers pour into one another, making disciples and power and give them power and ability of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love to be with young people. When I went to Bethel, it was a geriatric ministry. It, it, it was. The youngest board member was 80 years old. One of the conditions that I made with the, the board, I said, I would like the right to basically dismiss every board member and every staff member. And I would said, and I don't need this job. I mean, if that's what I feel the Lord's putting on my heart. And I did it, and they agreed, and we basically agreed that we wouldn't have, other than me, <laughs> all our leaders are, were under 50 at the time. But that has been such a blessing because we've been able to, you know, watch these people, disciple these people. If you saw Max, uh, the, the leader of our, Middle East, of, of our Israel ministries, you would not even believe where he was when he started with me 19 years ago. He's just not even the same person. So making disciples is just so important. Making disciples for all, it's not an option. As believers, it's not an option. For me, it's not an option. It's a command. It has us thinking that basically what we want to see, we want to see more people snowball this, this Jesus, don't we? And especially today, more than anything else. You know, since I've been at AEBM, just to give you an example, and I think Rick was a great example of this because I think he's done that his whole life. But since I've been at AEBM, we've had 14 interns. And all I think about today is, where are these people today? Well, I can tell you today, all are walking with the Lord. Six are in ministry. One is a teacher at a Christian school. Another one is finishing his master's in economics and will be in ministry. Three are making disciples in their respective workplaces. And three are still seeking the Lord about being in missions. You see... This is what we need to do. We need to basically see that. Everything we do with AEBM centers around discipleship ministry. What Rick is talking about, we, we take people in Israel. We look for 12 men that are drug addicts, alcoholics, homeless, just gone, just checked out of society. We look for them. We go on the streets of Tel Aviv, and on the streets of Tel Aviv, we, we began that ministry by just having a book table there with coffee and sandwiches. And men would come in the bus station area where all the drugs are, prostitutes are, and they would come, and we would talk, and eventually we'd develop a relationship. 
And maybe one out of a hundred, maybe one out of a thousand, we end up taken to Haifa. When we take them to Haifa, when they make a confession of faith, we take care of everything. Some of the money you give us takes care of their legal, their medical, their food, and they can stay there indefinitely. But no drugs, no relationships, no alcohol, no phones until we say they can have them. You don't like it? It's fine. There's the door. As soon as you're ready to follow our rules, come back. We've had guys six, seven times. But the fruit of that ministry for us has been incredible. Because basically how we've done it, we've done it with other people that came from the same place. Our entire leadership team is 37 people in Haifa. The entire leadership team graduated from that discipleship program. And so they're motivated to kind of keep it, kind of keep it going. Max is the only one that didn't, but where if you knew Max's testimony, you'll see why it's okay that he's there. So basically, this is what we do, and this is what we're, we're going to do. And this isn't an option for us. Making disciples basically steadies our ship in the storm. And I can also say this this morning, because look, what's happened in the last year, I've seen ministries sink, just gone. I mean, they just, you know, they just can't manage it. But basically, the way we've been able to do ministry for the last 20 years in Ukraine, in Germany, and in Israel, we're fine. To say we're not suffering some issues with the pandemic would be a lie. But we are fine. And that is a blessing. They're working. They're doing things in, in Israel that's purposeful. They're doing things in Germany that's very purposeful. They're doing things in Ukraine the best they can. So basically, Jesus is telling us, go and make disciples of all nations. In, the, in, in his previous ministry, if you remember, Jesus deliberately restricted his work to the Jewish people. We see that in Matthew 15, 24. But previously, and that's when he previously sent his disciples out, if you recall, with those restrictions in Matthew 10, 6. But now, all those ex exceptions are gone, and Jesus is saying, Go and make disciples of all nations. The whole world is your evangelism in Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Now, all this is in the past, and the disciples are commissioned to take the gospel. But here's the point I want to make this morning. The process, you know, and I think this is one of the problems today, and I'm trying to share it with a lot of pastors. I see very, very few missionaries going out. Probably in my life as a believer, it's probably the least amount I've ever seen. And I think there's a lot of different reasons. We live in a different world, and we're trying to look at... Um, I'm still part of the U.S. Center for World Missions in Pasadena, and we're trying to look at, you know, what, what, how can we do missions? You see, America should always do missions because the Lord has blessed us more than any country on the planet. 93 countries I've been to. More than any country on the planet. This is the land of, of, of gold and plenty. It just is. And I think God has blessed us and continues to bless us because America in history will be seen as having done the greatest amount of work in making disciples of our world. And that's important. So Christ commands them to go, commands them to baptize people. They don't have to be circumcised before they're baptized. They're baptized. Jesus says, go and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What an ex wonderful experience. But I want to just tell you how this kind of works for us. We're more careful in Israel about baptism. We want some instruction. We want to make sure people are definitely have the, the 
connection with the Lord because in Israel it's complicated. In Israel, situational circumstances bring people to us more often than not. We've had guys that we've picked up on the streets of uh, Tel Aviv or Haifa or Jerusalem that are, that are not kosher. They're not, they're not sincere about their, their faith. But we kind of work through it, and God has been really good for us. And so the baptism part of, of our ministry has been really huge, but we want to have, have it done um, with some instruction. But basically, this is not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, basically, if you want to make disciples of all men, baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we kind of work through that pretty well in our ministries there. But what I wanted to tell you a lot about was and is about our ministry in the Middle East in Israel. In Israel right now, more believers, more Jews are coming to belief than any time that we can remember because it's kind of a hopeless situation. And then, because I think it's kind of out where we're at, in Haifa right now, I think we, the pandemic really hit us March 15th, zero guests for the whole year, and then an Arab family came to Max, and an Arab family, this lady came to the door, she had her three little kids, all in black, covered up, and said to him, Max, God told me to come talk to you. Long story, she's, she's in, she's staying in the, in the hostel now. We, we, let, we made the hospital open to any families that are having financial problems because of the pandemic, specifically uh, single mothers is a priority for us. And so now we're f we have 30 families in there, so it's full. And out of those 30 families, 60% are Arabs. So we've just seen kind of another huge, huge opening. And look, and what I wanted to share with you is a few examples like that, because you know what we did to do that? Nothing. We prayed. We said, Lord, let us be faithful to you in these times, and we will see what you have for us. And it's been a real challenge, because Israel, we developed Israel in a way that it provides 10000 a month of its own income to kind of drive some of these ministries. And I felt, and I told Max, and we prayed together as a team, that I could find that money. And every year, every month, excuse me, last year, we were able to give him that money. And I didn't go to anybody and say anything. I took some people out to lunch, and I said, this is what's going on. And the money just kind of came in more than it's ever come in. I mean, our monthly income should have been just because it was our heart for that. And this is the way our ministry has gone. You know, I, I will tell you more about my experience as um, working in the Middle East, but I just wanted to share this one incident that is so important as we think about going out and making disciples. I think a lot of people are fearful to go out and do it. But, you know, your discipleship is when you go get gas this afternoon and that grumpy guy behind that screen door is being mean to you. And when you walk away and say, God bless you, that's your discipleship. But, you know, years ago, as a Jew, as a child of a Holocaust survivor, the Arab situation was sketchy for me. But then as I was more and more in Israel, God just convicted me, convicted me, broke me of it. Where I, when I'm in Israel now, my first place to preach is at an Arab church. And I'm the only Jew that they let preach at this church. And because God opened the door. And so what I decided to do is about eight years ago, the refugee problem was really starting to bother me, really convict me, especially the Syrian problem. 
and I just felt I really was just bothered me. And I just felt the Lord was speaking to me, just saying, you know, you need to reach out there. So basically what happened, I was in Jerusalem with one of my really good friends, a pastor there, a very senior guy, and I was saying, Samuel, you know, I, I, God's shown me this. Do you think I'm nuts? Or, you know, what, what's going on? Because it just wouldn't go away, this push. And he said, well, what? tell me. And I told him, and I said, I really feel that we should be doing something for the refugees. We should be working in Jordan. We should have more connection. We should try to bring the church closer and closer to the situation. What do you think I should do? He said, just second. He talked to this guy. And this is how we met Jamal. And the two weeks later, I was flying to uh, Amman, and we've had Jamal, and we've had this ministry. My point is this. If the Lord puts something on your heart, if God has put something on your heart to do, you don't have to do anything. You have to tell what God has put on your heart, and you have to see God will show up. This has been our ministry at Bethel for 20 years, over and over and over and over and over again. My pastor, my mentor, told me, take this job. Because when I saw this job was coming at Bethel, I laughed in his face. I said, are you nuts? These people have a million dollars worth of debt. They have a building in Israel that should be torn down. But now here we are 20 years later, and I told them recently, everything that's happening today is because of the word the Lord put on your heart to tell me. And this is the way it happens, and I think this is kind of the, some of the most important things that we need to really think about when we do this. Basically, the last thing I want to say before Matt kills me is <laughs> I am with you always. And this, I think, is the most important part. As I said, there's a lot of fear about going into missions today. There's a world that's not as friendly towards America as it used to be. There's a lot of fear and there's a lot of concern. But look, if the Lord is saying here the very last words he said, I am with you always, what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, let me tell you. All I can tell you what it is what it means, I can tell you about me. Here's what it means. You know, I've been with the Maasai, lived in a dug hut for 10 days. One of the best experiences in my life. Was I fearful? 100%. As we're driving out to this Maasai village, like 19 hours away from any city, I'm thinking, wow, what if I need an ambulance? What if I need a doctor? What if I need a cop? <laughs> of course I'm fearful, but God wanted me to go there. I went to Ukraine and we went to Chernobyl, where, where the nuclear explosion was, and we were there for a week. And I brought my own food, my own water, my own thing. I know something that I want to tell you today. God is with us always. No matter where we go, no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on, if he sends us there, he is with us always. I could tell you story after story after story. I mean, if you've ever been to India, you understand. I don't even have to tell you the story. But as far as the hygiene, us in India, we're not on the same planet. And it's, and it's fine for them because their system can deal with it. It's not fine for us. But the Lord sent me there, and I know one thing, that he would be with me always. And that's what is important, to protect me, to direct me, and to comfort me no matter what. And this is for all of us. So today I brought these little crosses for you. Hopefully you'll pray for the Middle East. Because look, what we see happening in the Middle East is unprecedented since 1948. The Abraham Accords that President Trump set in place are miraculous. They are miraculous. And we are looking, and I told Matt someone about it, we're trying to be careful about what goes out in the thing, but we're looking at, again, being a conduit, a small little conduit. We're, who, am I, who are we? 
a conduit to helping pastors in the Middle East, Egypt, to, to connect again with the pastors in Israel, the pastors all around. We've done that very successfully with Jamal in Jordan. We want to do it more and more. We've probably found Jamal 10 more ministries that support his ministry today because we, we acknowledge him. We, we, um, we say he's kosher. That's, <laughs> we, we say he's good, and he, and he is, and that's what we want to see happen. We have good connections in Saudi Arabia. We have good connection in the um, United Emirates, and, and we're gonna, we want to see ourselves do that. And that's what we will do. And people are saying, are you crazy? I said, no. He will be with us as he shows us this plan and what to do. Thank you so much. I have these crosses for you. If you want to know more about our ministries, I brought a few of our annual reports that you're happy to take. And if you need more information, I am happy to supply it for you anyway. Finally, one word. Going to Israel? Want to go to Israel? Have no money? Come to Bethel Haifa. Look, we, we house for $30 to zero, or zero to $30. But our, our charge is we don't do it for money, but yet God supplies. But it's zero to $30, and you can stay there as long as you want, and we're happy to have you. If you're interested in missions, we have a 90-day program there that you can come, and we pay all room and board, and you just fly yourself there. Thank you so much for this morning. <laughs> Want to, uh, I just want to say before you go and sit back down, a couple of things. First, I just want to thank you. I gave him the impossible task of trying to condense all of that into a short amount of time because of what we wanted to do here. But I, I want to just, just commend you. Your, your faith and faithfulness is stirring in me personally. And um, just to say what a, what a blessing it is to partner with someone like yourself and Pat who have so much faith for what God would do and would use in seemingly, you know, insurmountable countries and moments in the culture and in this time, yet you have faith and you keep going and you're believing God and we're believing God with you. And thank so I just want to say thank you um, for coming and, and just stirring us as to what God's stirring in you this morning. And we love you, man. And it's great to be in partnership with you in the gospel. Thank you, man. Yeah, God bless you. Absolutely. Well, I want to do something here this morning, um, just with the time that we have left and um, first and foremost, what I'd like to do is just kind of segueing from what Jim was saying and sharing with us about what the Lord is doing in the Middle East. I'd like to share with you, um, and I'll give you some quick context for it, is that he spoke about Jamal. And Jamal is the director of Global Hope Ministries, which is uh, located in Jordan. We don't speak much about Global Hope. We talk about American Euro European Bethel Mission. But AEBM has partnered with Global Hope, and it's through Global Hope that we came into contact with Zubeda. So just to make that connection for you guys in case um, that wasn't clear. But I'd like to share with you, you're going to see here in a moment, um, Jamal. He's on the screen, and we've seen him before in some of the video updates. And he's going to, uh, he's sitting with Zubeda, and she gives a greeting. And, uh, and so I wanted to give that to the church. So this is from her, and um, are we ready for it to... Are you guys ready? All right, great. So this is Jamal, and again, the director of Global Hope, and this is Zubeda. And for those of you who are not aware, we have been supporting Zubeda through American European Bethel Mission for the last 
now I think this is, are we into our fifth year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or fourth year, um, where we have been able to just so financially out of what we felt was the Lord was calling us into obedience. She's come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. She's converted from being Muslim, and you're going to hear a bit about just her profession of faith here. So let me stop talking, and let's show the video. Ready? I pastor Jim and our dear friends in, uh, in the States, we just want to thank you so much for uh, your big heart, helping many people around the world that are in need, hoping that the message of love that's through Jesus Christ change people's hearts. And Zubaida here is so thankful. I'm just chatting with her. And she says uh, she reads the Bible every night before she goes to bed and uh, prays. Recently, she was very sick. Uh, it wasn't Corona, uh, COVID-19, but it was uh, some kind of uh, complication in, in the lungs. But now she's perfectly fine, and she's thankful uh, so much. And today, uh, you know, we give her the, uh, the gift that, uh, that helps in uh, most of her expenses. And uh, she, she just told me she depends so much on the Lord and on, on this to help her and her children in their life. Should have been a kill me. What would you like to say? First of all, say hello. Hope you're fine. She wants to thank you. And to thank the global also here. For standing with me. فترة الكورونا هاي اللي مرقت كل هاي اللي مرقت علينا كان دعم يعني كانوا يدعموني بشكل مستمر. This past few months, the corona time, they were constantly helping me, and I want to thank you for all. بتعي ربنا إنه. And I pray. يشيل عنكم المرض والأذى والهم. The Lord will protect you from this disease. And that He will bless you. والعمل الخير. To continue to do the good. صدقوني ما بعرف إذا يعني إنه كل قرش أو كل دينار بيجيني منكم. كل أي إشي مساعدة من منظمة الأمل بيكون فيها بركة. Every blessing that I receive from Allah, I feel it is a real blessing that is helping with my needs. أنتم الأخوة الحقيقيين، مش أخواتي ولاد أمي وأبويا. If I talk about brothers and sisters, you are the real brothers and sisters. Not not my my brothers and sisters from my parents, but you are the real brothers and sisters. I want to thank Jesus for healing me and also for all of you for your assistance in that time. وبدعي لكم من قلبي وانتم كمان صلوا وادعوا لنا وبتمنى اني التقي معكم واشوفكم عشان اشكركم. She says thank you so much and pray for me and I'll pray for you and I hope I will see you face to face soon. وكمان بتمنى شغله هاي يعني خارج الاطار بتمنى انه دائما يكون منظمه الامل يكون لها الدعم الخاص لانه صدق وامانه بيشتغلوا مع كل الناس. And I, I say that just for me I hope you continue working very closely with Global Hope. Because they are very faithful in uh, helping me all the time. Thank you. That was awesome, wasn't it? I've watched that, I don't probably five or six times. I've been sitting on it, full disclosure. I've been sitting on it for about 
four weeks now just trying to find how I wanted to do it. And this was such a, a wonderful opportunity to, to share it with you guys. But I've watched it, and, man, I have just been, I'm so blown away. You, we guys, can we not please just minimize the impact of what that is making for us today? <clears throat> the, the, the beauty of what that is. Just, I've, like, watching that right now, I wanted to just stand up and literally give praise to the Lord. Through this community here, through our obedience, we have seen a soul one for Christ. And, and our prayer is that there would be many, many more. And so, Jim, when you just shared of what God is doing and how you're seeing it, that is kind of a ripple effect through Global Hope and through what the Lord has done in Zubeda. Um, and we're going to take a moment here and actually pray towards that in a moment. But that just stirs my faith and gives me so much encouragement, and I, and I pray that it would be the same for you. And if you're visiting today, if this is kind of a new story, you just know, like, this has been a journey for us of obedience and, and wanting to sow generously, and, um, and how thankful I am to see the Lord actually bring that to, uh, to fruit in such a tangible way. So I want to do something today that's a little bit unique. And again, if, if you're online and um, you're just chiming in for the first time, uh, or if you're here in person as a visitor today, this, it's, this isn't what we would normally do, but uh, the context for it is this, is we've been th- going through a series on prayer over the last now five, six weeks, and, um, and I believe the Lord is doing something really significant within us through it. Um, and so what we're going to do today is we're going to actually take time to respond together through prayer, um, through some of what Jim had shared with us. Um, and I'm going to bring some focus, and we'll just take, we've got about 15 minutes left here this morning, um, and I want to just set it up here, if I can, with a couple of reminders that I thought would be helpful. And so as we've been teaching through this series on prayer, we have looked as to how do we approach prayer? Um, what do we think of God when we come to prayer? What does God think about us as we pray? What is the role of the Holy Spirit in prayer? What's the authority that we have been given in prayer. These are all subjects that we have been teaching and studying together and asking the Lord to mature us in as we give ourselves to studying this. And so what I'd like to do is just take a couple of practical tools that I believe we've been given lately, and then I'm going to ask for us together as a church to spend the remaining portion of our time actually practicing what we've been learning. And now I understand that this might be a little bit difficult at first. We might feel like that we need to prime the pump. I want to just encourage you right now that while I'm speaking, just begin to prepare your own heart to begin to ask the Lord to impress upon you what his heart is for the church in the Middle East, for the gospel, for for how we as a small church seemingly here over on the other side of the world could participate in partnership in what he's doing. And so just begin to ask the Lord now while I give you just some reminders of what we have learned these last few weeks. Firstly, I want to say this, that we remember when we pray, that we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. To pray in the name of Jesus is to pray in the standing of Christ. And the name in the standing of Christ Jesus is inextricably tied to the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. The Holy Spirit was given to us by the glorified Christ. In other words, it wasn't, the timing wasn't right that the Spirit would be sent, 
before Jesus had been glorified. But yet now there is some potency by which the Holy Spirit has been given to each one of us in measure to empower us to pray according to the will of God. And so praying in the name of Jesus is on the basis of his standing as the victorious and ascended Lord from, from humanity to supreme kingship overall. That is to pray in the name of Jesus. It isn't a conjuring in ourself. It's a confidence that we have as his sons and daughters. And it's, it's as Rick shared last week, it's the story of Peter and John in Acts chapter 3, passing by in the lame beggar at the gate beautiful. When, he, when, when Peter says to him, I have nothing in myself to give, but what I do have, I give to you. And what does he say? In the name of Jesus. And he tells the man to stand up and to walk. Brothers and sisters, that's how we come. We come not in, in our own right, but we come in the right that we have through Jesus Christ. So we pray in the name of Jesus. That's number one. Oh, here, this was just to help, help, help us as I go through them. Secondly, we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I said, the power of the Spirit now comes in, a, in almost in a different measure that it was prior to the Lord's ascension. Pentecost wasn't just a one-time moment as in a once and then it would never be again. But now it was an indicator of the potency or the power by which the Holy Spirit through God's purpose, is intended to move within his church. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit has been given to us in a measure of power that is unlike any other time prior to Christ's ascension, that we would now live, and as, the gospel, and as Paul would say, that we would be in step with the Holy Spirit in our life in a way that has been unseen prior. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit to search the depths of God, so our confidence in, in terms of the role of the Holy Spirit in prayer is that he searches the depths of God, as Paul would say to the Corinthian church, that he knows the mind of God and that he in turn imparts wisdom to us. And so we come in this way and we pray within this power. And thirdly, just as a reminder, to say that we pray in the authority that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. In other words, as Rick spoke last week, that we contend in faith, that we contend for the will of God in faith through prayer. And that's, again, that is that, that, is that example that Rick spoke, same chapter, Acts 3. It's that kind of front-footedness where Peter says, look at us when he speaks to the man. And he fixes his gaze upon the man who's sitting there. That is that that, that understanding that we need to engage, as Rick said so well last week, so that we contend. So as we're preparing here this morning, let's just remember how we approach prayer. That's the point of all of this, is to remind us, how do we approach prayer? Do we just try to muster up something in ourselves, or do we step forward with a sense of confidence, knowing that this is what God has designed and created and intended for us to engage in as his people. And we pray in his name, we pray by his power, in his enabling by the Holy Spirit, and we pray in his authority, which he has given to us. So what I want to do this morning is, is we're going to put a couple of two things up, and we're going to spend the remainder of the time. And just to set this up a little bit further, 
I want to remind you of Luke chapter 11 when Jesus says this, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you, brothers and sisters. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be open. Let's remember the promises of Scripture in prayer for us as well. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to, and I know this might be uncomfortable for some, but so that we can all be heard and so that we can all participate, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you to stand. Because sometimes when we sit, our butts get sore. So I'm, this is really me thinking of you. But sometimes when we sit, we get a little too settled. And so just to help us with our, physical, with our spiritual posture, we'll take a physical posture of standing. So I'm going to put a microphone here, and I'm going to put up for you um, a couple of things just to introduce. And I apologize, I'm moving quick because I want to respect the time that we have. Can someone do me a favor on the keynote? Can you just advance it, please, to the keynote um, point? Well, yeah, I was going to skip that stuff, and let's just get to... All right, put the first one up for me, please. So the first thing I want to do this morning is I want to pray for the American-European Bethel Mission. I want to pray for Global Hope. We want to pray for Jim. We want to pray for Jamal. We want to pray for the ministry that they're doing. So currently, they're working in Syria, Jordan, and Israel. And of course, we also know that they're working in Germany. But I want to focus our efforts on the Middle East this morning. So we're going to spend the first bit of time praying into this. Let's spend the next probably three minutes, and then we'll spend another three minutes on the second praying for, throw it up there, and then we'll go back. Open doors for the gospel in other countries, and these are countries that Jim had mentioned that they're beginning to pursue on their own and asking the Lord for, Um, and so we want to join just in faith for what God would do in Saudi Arabia, what God would do in Dubai, and other nations in the Middle East, okay? So, I realize this is a little bit different than what we're used to doing, but I'm going to ask you guys to participate. This isn't just going to be me praying and you guys agreeing. This is going to be us praying and all of us agreeing together. So, I'm going to put a microphone, and if you want to pray, I would just ask, just come and maybe make a, a line here, and let's just, let's pray quick. Let's pray constant, all right? We're not going to let a lot of time go by. Again, we're going to practice the things that we've been talking about, and we're going to stretch ourselves a little bit, but we're going to contend this morning together in prayer and in faith for what God is doing in the Middle East, all right? All right, I'll kick it off, and then I'm going to ask you guys to just come on up and um, pray here from the front through the microphone. Agree with me, would you please? Just begin to lift your voices in faith to the Lord Jesus. Father, we realize and we want to thank you first and foremost that you are not limited to any natural limitations like we are. Lord, you are greater. You are wiser. Father, you are more powerful than any one individual, than any group, than any ruler, than any principality, Lord God. We begin with the recognition of who you are this morning. And Lord, we want to come to you on behalf of our brothers and sisters who are faithfully laboring in countries that are closed or have been historically closed to the gospel. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would use us, use our faith, use our prayers, and use our partnership to till the fertile ground, Lord.
to till the fertile ground within Israel. Lord, within Jordan, we understand the crisis that, face, that Jordan faces with the mass refugees that have come into that country. We thank you for the open borders, Lord, but now we pray for open hearts in the name of Jesus to receive the gospel. We pray for more like Zubeda in Jesus' name that seemed, Father, almost impossible. Could, re- could a Muslim really be converted to Christianity, Lord? And we know resoundingly the answer is yes. And we thank you for that fruit, Lord, and we pray now for more fruit like her through these ministries in this time. We praise you, Lord Jesus. I just want to invite you to come on now. Come and pray, people. God, I come to you just so humbled today. I just thank you for being the one who is able. I just thank you for being so mighty, just being like so much more mighty, so much more faithful, so much better, so otherly, and so much more powerful than any of us could ever muster up. I thank you because I'm so humbled because you took me away from two countries to bring me here to get me saved. So if you can do that from 6,500 miles away twice in 2017 and 2018, you can send all the money, you can send all the people, all the warriors of Christ, you can rally the church, the army of God, to break through the governmental barriers, social barriers, uh, racial, uh, uh, ethnicity, religious, whatever it may be, because you are so much mightier and able. And we, we, we knock and break on the doors of heaven that you would endow power by your spirit because you commune with God and Jesus Christ, and that you would just so bless the people involved in these ministries mentioned, Lord. And we just ask that and contend in faith, and we pray against the enemy and the schemes of the defeated one, of the strong man who has been bound, and we ask that you would overpower anything that could be seen as a barrier, and we pray for a a crazy elevated faith of people in this ministry that they would absolutely war for the kingdom. And we pray for that same spirit here in Sacramento as we're driving to work with our families and with our friends that no matter what difficult situation may come up, we can go forward on the offense and step out in faith and do it because we are empowered by a mighty and holy God. I just want to pray for Jim and Pat. Um, Can everybody just extend their hands to them and... Uh, Lord, we just praise you, Father, for what you have done, Lord, through Jim and Pat. Lord, I pray a strengthening for their marriage, and I pray a stronger anointing, Lord. What you've done, I know that you can do even more. And, Lord God, we just bless you for what you've done through this couple and with this couple, Father, and that they've partnered with you. Lord, I pray for their rest and their recreation, Father, that they be able to enter into your rest, Lord, that is the rest that endures. Father, I pray for a generation to rise up in the United States that will go out to Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you are able, that you are worthy, Lord, of all praise. And as everything in this world disappears, Father, that you will remain. Lord God, I pray that we, uh, just as a country, that we lift up this generation that will go, Lord, And I pray for, even in this room, all of the future missionaries that will go out, Lord. 
I pray that you anoint them strongly, even as you're talking to their hearts right now, Lord. I pray that you uh, give them the means and uh, that you free them up from their schedules and the things that are pulling them down, Father, that they uh, just remember that you are the one that is worthy of all. I thank you, Father. I thank you that you have anointed this day and this time to go out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, that you are forever faithful. And right now we just uh, lift you up. We thank you for uh, the disciples that you have made. And we ask that you will make many more, that you will bring many sons to glory, Lord. Lord, that you, in your great forbearance, just allow us to repent, um, to turn towards you. So we just ask that many more would join you through the, the ranks of different missions and missionaries through amen. each and every one of us, Lord, as you have called us. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, this, um, our church family is on my heart this morning, and I, I pray that you will melt a shell that keeps us from engaging uh, with unbelievers and with others to spread the gospel. Uh, in my own heart, I have um, taken a safe road always, and I would like us to understand that there is no safer place than to be with Christ and to spread his gospel. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are grateful for just the testimony of Jim today and the work that you are doing with Bethel Mission and Global, can't remember the other one, but Father, Lord, this is your work, and Father, we ask that you would continue to bless, continue, Lord, to add, to be fruitful in that area. We pray, Father, that you would tear down the walls of division, pray that you would just tear down that which um, alienates people one from another. And we pray that the doors would be wide open for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed in that nation. And we look to you, the one who is greater than all. There is none like you, O oh Lord. And so we can pour out our heart's prayer to you today, knowing that you hear and that your will will be done in that nation. And so we entrust it to you, Father, and we ask, Lord, multiply that which you have done. Lord Jesus, we pray for Zebeda and her family, and we ask that you would cover her and protect her from any scheme of the enemy, Lord Amen. Jesus. Right. We ask that we should, she will be able to continue to speak out for your glory, Lord God, for your name. We ask that you would be with her and her family, Lord Jesus, and that she would do many great works for your name, Lord Jesus. We bless her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we ask that you would continue to reign over that situation in the Mideast, Lord God, that you would cover and protect those who serve you, Lord God, and that they would bring you glory in your name's sake. Father, I'm just echoing the words of my brother that how humbling uh, it is to know how much effect that we had um, in terms of our obedience and faithfully giving to Zaveda and her family. And so um, how amazing you are to 
have her be converted. And I want to pray for blessings upon Zubeda and her family for others to look upon her yes. and convert yes. uh, just to your name, Father. Um, thank you for just humbling me and showing me how the small measure of obedience that I've been giving just had such a great effect. So thank, thank you, Lord. You, Lord. this this morning I wanted to just share that um, it says in Psalms 32 6 therefore let everyone who is godly pray to you or you may be found surely when the mighty waters rise they will not reach him you are my hiding place and you protect us from trouble and you surround us with songs of deliverance. So, Father, I pray that you will continue to instruct us and teach us your way, Lord. Yes, Lord. Under your command, we submit to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, your word says in Romans 11, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Further on, it says, so I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fail? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles. And Father, we thank you for that. But Lord, we ask that you would again reach out to your original chosen people and protect them in the time that they're living and the incredibly uh, worldly um, viewpoint that they have taken, Lord, we ask that you would bring them back into the fold, that you would show them the true love of, of your son and, and his sacrifice, and that you would remind them that they are your people, Father. We ask that you would bring people into their world, into their, uh, the, the, in all locations that they are across the world. You would raise up those people to go out from either our church or others, and that you would give them the words to speak, that you would give them the mindset to touch the lives and the hearts of these people, that you would give them the ability to educate the children, that they would understand and grow into a nation once again focused on you and your purpose. Because it does say, now if their trespass means riches for the world and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Father, we await the day where the Jews become once again part of your community, part of your faith. Lord, we ask that you would show them who Christ is and bring them back into the fold. Father, your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I pray that the word of God would go forth in the Middle East through men that understand it, through women that understand it, through children that understand it, that they would disciple those in the word of God. And Sow your seed in the morning, and do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed or whether both of them will be alike. And I do pray that the sowers would go out and that they would sow the seed, that there would be a heart to go out. And I pray for us. Dean prayed that for us months ago, that the sower would go out and sow the seed. And I do pray for that in the Middle East, Lord. Amen. Let's contend for the other nations right now. I'm reminded of uh, Daniel when he began to pray, and the angel came and said, when you started two weeks ago, I was sent 
but I've been wrestling with this prince over Persia. And I want to pray right now, knowing that if we begin to pray for Saudi Arabia and Dubai and Egypt and Iran and Iraq and all of these other nations in that Middle East, that, 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 that there will be wrestling in the spirit, but it is God and his, it's his work in that realm. Our work is here. Father, we contend today in the name of Jesus Christ for other nations. We ask you, Father, right now, that the power of the Holy Spirit would fall upon the church, Lord, in that region, in those nations, the church in Iran, the church in Iraq, the church in Saudi Arabia, the church in Syria, the church in Lebanon, the church in Jordan, the church in Dubai, Lord, the church in, in all of these these nations that are Muslim nations that have been blinded for generations and for centuries, Lord God, by the darkness of the lie. In Jesus' name we ask today that the power of the Holy Spirit would break in on those nations, O oh God. That, Lord, that the church would rise up in those nations. That there would be wisdom, Lord, to preach the gospel. There would be boldness. We agree with what's been prayed earlier. There would be protection over the men and women who are sent and who are living there, who are, who are being raised up to preach the gospel. Break in, O oh God, in our day into those nations. Let there be, Lord, an outpouring of the Spirit unlike any there has ever been on the face of the earth in those nations, that countless millions would come to faith in Christ in this day. Father, we pray, Lord, for the ministry of, of Global Hope. We pray for AEBM, Lord. We pray for other like ministries, that they would find inroads into those nations, that, Lord, you would provide the financial means to begin to pray to begin to, to, to sow into those nations in the name of Jesus, that the gospel would be furthered. Oh, God. Oh, God. Break in, we pray. Lord, break in, oh, God. Lord, deal, Lord, we ask in the heavenly realms, Lord. Deal in the heavenly realms, realms Lord, with those, those authorities that have blinded the minds and the hearts of men and women. Do what only you can do, Lord. We call upon you. We call upon you. Put this in our hearts to pray regularly, Lord. Put this in our hearts, oh God, to cry out to you. Anybody else want to pray for breakthrough in those nations? Please come on up and pray. Yes, God. Lord, we just thank you, God, that um, you are the light and your light pierces to the darkness. And so, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that um, your desire is that all men, all women, all children come to know you. And so, Lord, I pray that salvation would come to these countries, God. And, Lord, I just break the power of fear over our own hearts and minds where we're even afraid to pray, God, because we think the darkness is too great. And so, Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit power. We thank you that it doesn't depend on us. We thank you that it doesn't depend on any ministry, God, but we pray for these ministries, God. We pray for these men and women that are there on the ground, Lord. We pray that you would revive them, Lord, that you would refresh them, God, that you would provide for their needs, God, that you would fill them, God, with everything that they lack, Lord, and so that they would know that you are with them, Lord. Glorify your name, Lord Jesus. I pray for these women, God, who are alone, God, and they are desperate. And so, Lord, I pray that they would find out, God, that there is hope in you, Lord. And when we put our hope in you, Lord, we will not be put to shame, Lord. We will not be disappointed. And so, Lord, thank you, God. We pray that you would do what you can do, Lord. Not let only you can do, Lord, but 
We just thank you that you can do amazing things, God. And it doesn't depend on us, Lord. We pray, and our prayers are effective. God, you hear us, God. And so we cry out to you for these families, for these nations, Lord. We pray that you would provide, God. We just say that um, $10,000, Lord, that's not enough, Lord. We ask for more because we ask that your word would go forth, God. We ask that Lord, you would bring workers, Lord. We ask that you would burn in hearts, Lord, that we would not be apathetic or afraid, Lord. Stir us today, God, Lord. Show us how we can partner with you, Jesus, with your work, Lord. We just thank you that this is not, this goes beyond our generation, God. This is eternal work, God. And so we lift it up to you, God. We say we need you to show us the value of your kingdom work in Jesus' name. Jesus, when he sends out the 12 disciples, said in 1026, So do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be, of the afraid, of, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Lord, I just pray for all the believers right now, Lord, that the fear that's just going on in the world, that we set apart, that we will be set apart and be courageous. And not be afraid, God, in this world where fear is just running rampant. I just pray that people see this, Lord, in our hearts, that we are courageous and we trust in you, even when the world is so crazy and running rampant, Lord that you are a rock, Lord, in this shaking world, that you are shaking everything, God. You are a rock. And I just pray for these missionaries that are in the Middle East, Lord, that in a world that's already crazy before COVID, Lord, that you just give them a peace, Lord, and, an, and a confidence, Lord, that you are in control and you are using them, Lord. And I just pray for these two, or these two ministries, Lord, too, that you continue to use them and you provide the means that they need, Lord, to let your will be done, Lord. Continue using them, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I just echo exactly that, Lord. We look to the Middle East and see just so many, so many nations warring with each other, warring with others, Father. We, we ask that the, the perspective that we have here in America on these, these cultures and these people, that you would speak into our hearts and minds as a church here in America and help us recognize that these are people that you care about and that you want in your community, that you are looking to save and show the true power of Christ. And Lord, I just ask that you would adjust our understanding of these people. Help us to come to know who they truly are, how passionate they are about following what they believe, and Lord, how strong they can become if they truly understand who the real God is, Father. So first of all, I ask that you would shift their understanding of who you are, Lord, that right now they see a false God in their mind, and they follow that false God incredibly strongly. Lord, I ask that you would touch their hearts and minds and show them who you are, Lord. That is what they need. And we ask that you would, again, rise up men and women to help them understand who you are, Lord. Your scripture says in Matthew 5 that you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Father, again, I ask that you would touch our hearts and our minds and set our hearts and minds correctly in a view towards these people, Lord. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Lord, help us release the fog of these people's minds. Amen. Let's just do this to close. Can we lift our voices together as one? Just 30 seconds, and here's what I want to pray towards. Um, we know that, that God's provision follows those who are obedient, but I still believe that it's for us to pray for um, the resources. We're not just praying for money. We're, we're praying for resources. So can we lift our voices for the resources for AEBM in a year of 2020 where they saw a massive deficit, even though God's faithfulness was present? Let's just pray for a doubling for 2021 and beyond. So let's just finish together. Lift our voices together. Lord, we pray that you would increase in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would release in a mighty way. Father, open the floodgates of resource for these men and women. We thank you for their faithfulness, Lord God. And now we pray now that they Let it be to the glory of your name, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray these things so that it wouldn't be for our fame, but for yours, Lord. And we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that the, the floodgates of resource would be open to AEBM, Lord, that you would provide mightily in ways that are unexpected. And I know, Father, Jim has seen you provide in amazing ways. Now I pray, Lord, that you would go even beyond that. And, Father, again, may it be to the glory of your name, Father. This is going to sound strange, but I just have a sense. Can we just agree together to pray against a, a, a destruction that could come to the Middle East through war? I think we know how tenuous things always are. It would destroy millions of lives and destroy economies and nations, and it would hinder the gospel. We agree today, Father, that you would stay, O oh God, the enemy, that you would stay the hand of the enemy in that region, that you, O oh God, would stay the hand of destruction over countless millions of lives. And we think of all the orphans already in Syria Oh, God, we think of these children in Iran and Iraq. Stay the hand of the enemy, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus. And raise up righteous leaders, righteous leaders in nations, oh, God, who will resist, Lord, the lie of the enemy. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name today. We agree. Amen.